Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're going to do a little series on a God of abundance. You know, what would it be like? What difference would it make in our personal lives if we would believe that God has blessed us immensely? And he continues to do so crisis after crisis. Too often we talk and think as if we don't have enough. And we focus on what we don't have rather than on what we do have. And we tend to allow our lives to be directed by the things we're lacking while we neglect the things that we have and God has blessed us with. And you and I today, I want to encourage you, and I hope through this series, we serve a God who gives to us abundantly. Because when we view life through scarcity, we never have enough. It tells us we're lacking. It says that we need more. It tells the world that God is insufficient to meet our needs. We start to worry because we don't believe God has enough to take care of us. And how are we going to handle this? And we think, you know, God needs to do this, and God's stingy sometimes, and He doesn't give me everything I need. But God is a God of abundance. Now, I'm not talking about the abundance in the sense of acquiring more stuff. That's consumerism. I'm talking about living our lives with the conviction that God will meet, will meet all of my needs. Physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, spiritually, God is enough. You're going to get tired of me saying it. It's a mindset of abundance that's rooted in the belief that we always have enough because we serve a God who is more than enough. And we believe that God is generous and that He gives generously and that He is a God of abundance. John chapter 1, verse 16, in your notes, from His abundance... We have all received one gracious blessing after another. Wow. That changes the way you live. That changes the way you see the world. That changes life. So I want to talk to you this morning about how do I live a life of abundance? How do I come to that place where I can live this way because God is a God of abundance, and He has given to me abundantly. All right, we're going to go, all right? Ready or not, here we go. First of all, we should receive thankfully. Rather than looking at what we don't have, we focus on what God has given to us. We don't look at the negative we look at the positive. Thus, the Bible can tell us, 
as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks for everything. Receive what God has given to you. Notice it. Receive it. Understand it. Look positive with it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank Him for what He has done, and you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Because what God has given to me, I can have peace because I know that I serve a God who has blessed me, given to me, and that I have all I need. And I receive it with thankfulness. Now, this is one of those things sometimes I struggle with. I'm not as bad as I used to be. When I first started out in, in ministry as a youth pastor... And one of the things I did was when um, Monday night football was on, I'd have all the guys over to the house to watch football. And if you understand the dynamics of youth, if the guys are there, who follows? The girls. So you end up with everybody in the house. It was a great evening. Until one week, my television went out. Quit working. I mean, this is the TV we had bought when we got married. So it had been around for a while, and it quit. So I, next Monday night, I said, guys, look, I don't have a TV. I'm sorry. Next day, I got a phone call from one of the parents who said, I'd like for you to come down to my business. I want to talk to you. I go, well, okay. So I go down. I, I'm there, and he, he's behind his desk, and he says, listen, here's what I'm doing. I want you to go to this store. I've already made arrangements, and I want you to get yourself a television. And I immediately begin my humble routine. Oh, you shouldn't. Oh, please don't. You know, you don't need that. Oh, oh you know. And he said, he stopped me. He just said, look, God has told me to do this, and you're not going to rob me of God's blessings, and God's going to take care of me, and I'm going to do this for you. And I immediately felt convicted because what I thought was, I don't want you to give that to me because I don't want to take what's yours. What I was really thinking was, if you give that to me, I don't know what you're going to have left. And I didn't see God as a God of abundance because we think if I give it away, I don't have it. But in reality, I have more. And over the years, I've had to deal with that. Somebody will give me something. I love it when people give me things. I'm always saying, oh, you probably need it more than me. Oh, you shouldn't, you know, you keep it because you need it. And receive it thankfully. Now, that means that when you walk out of this place this morning, you should be able to, for the, this next week, to be able every day to thank God what He's given to you. Quit looking at what you don't have and be grateful for what you've got. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 
Why should I be thankful? Because I serve a God of abundance who has given to me so much. And I diminish him when all I can do is bemoan the fact of what I think I lack and don't have and should have or I deserve. So it begins with receiving thankfully. God, thank you for what you've done for me. And every person who calls yourself a Christian, you should be able to notice things in life that God has given you and blessed you with. Receive from Him thankfully. Secondly, we should manage carefully. Manage carefully. In other words, He's given to me, so now I need to manage it. I need to be faithful in it. I need to take what He's given to me, receive it with thanksgiving, and then manage it. So we come to that place where we recognize, okay, God, you've given me this in my life. God, you put this person into my life. You have blessed me with them. Now let me manage this relationship well. God, you've given me this new television. Let me manage it well. So every time the kids came over, I was reminded once again, look what God has done. Manage it. Now, notice what Matthew chapter 25 says. Jesus is speaking, verse 29. To those who use well what they're given, that would be us, right? Even more will be given. Oh, so if I manage what God has given me well, he will give me more. That's a pretty good deal. And they will have an abundance. It's a great word, isn't it? But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. That's a strong scripture. That's something for us to understand. Well, I don't have enough. Well, probably all you're doing is complaining about what you've got, and you're not appreciating what you have, and therefore you don't manage it well. And you just let it go because you're trying to think you need something else. Because you're not managing what you have well, you're probably not going to get any more. In fact, you're probably going to have less. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Look, a person who's put in charge as a manager, you have to be faithful. The principle of Scripture is this. I can read you verse after verse after verse. God says in one place, he says, Why should I give you spiritual things when you're not being faithful with material things? Why should I give you more when you're not doing with what you have? And so if you're not faithful in what you've got, God won't give you more. Now, please understand something. God wants to give you more. He is a God of abundance. But the condition is my responsibility. Am I being faithful? 
I need a better job. Are you being faithful with the job you've got? And if you manage it well, you will get more in it. And so you and I are responsible. Once I am thankful for something, I now have to handle it in a manner that pleases God. And God doesn't want me just to be a consumer and just to use it. He wants me to manage it. And as I do well so that God is glorified in what he has given to me, God gives me more. 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So if God's given me a gift, I am responsible to use it to bless other people. Correct? Correct. And so I have a responsibility to receive what God has given to me thankfully, to be grateful for all that he's given to me and to look at what he's given to me and what I have and not what I lack. And I am to be responsible and to manage carefully what he has given to me. Thirdly, we should give generously. Generously. In other words... I take what God has given to me, and I use it to bless and to give to others. God has given me a spiritual gift. I use that gift to bless other people. That's giving, isn't it? We're not talking about just money here. We're talking about a life. Because you and I are called to give our life to Christ. And if Christ has saved me, and I'm thankful for that, then I have a responsibility to live my life in a way that pleases Him and to give it away for Him. You you maybe need to write that down so that you don't forget that. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and you will receive. That doesn't make sense. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over, poured back into your lap. Now notice, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Let me illustrate this for you in several ways. Now, just let me give you a principle of life. It's not in your notes, but you need to remember this. If you want more, you give more. It's not the world's way. The world says if you want more, you better take and get all you can. And you keep it. God's principle is if you want more out of life, you give more. (laughs) You want more friends? Here's what the Bible says. You become more friendly. And if you will give more friendship, you'll get more friendship. But we tend to think, I don't have any friends. Poor me. Look at what I don't have. And it's your responsibility to come and be my friend and to make the initiation. That's the way we think, isn't it? Look at your neighbor. Yes, it is. It's me. It's what I do. 
But the Bible says, you want to be a friend? You want more friends? It's a simple process. You give. You give friendship, you'll get more friendship. The friendliest people have the most friends. Principle of life. You go to the doctor. Doc, I don't know what's wrong. I just don't have any energy. I'm just tired all the time. And here's one of the things the doctor's going to tell you. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to get more exercise. Doc, you must not have heard me. I'm tired. I don't have energy. You need to exercise more. I, I, I can't. Why, what's he know? If you give it, you get more. Principle of life. If you, well, you know, I, I just want somebody to love me. If you want love, you give it away. Lady went to the lawyer, probably maybe heard the story, and um, she said, I'm tired of living with my husband. I want a divorce. The man's mean. He's nasty. I want to hurt him. I just don't want to take some money. I want to take everything he's got. I want to destroy him. I want him to feel bad. I just want to do everything I can. He's a monster. I, I just want to devastate the guy. Lawyer is pretty smart. He says, okay, we'll do that. And, um, but let me tell you something to do if you really want to hurt him. Let me give you a way to do that. It'll take me about 30 days to put all the paperwork together, and we'll set up an appointment. You come back in 30 days. But in the meantime, for the next 30 days, you go back home. You love your husband. You meet his every need. You be the sweetest, kindest woman you could possibly be. You just do everything you can for him. And you make him think he's the king of the world. And that way, when you say you're going to divorce him, he'll be devastated at what he's lost. And she said, boy, that's a great idea. I think I'll do that. So she went home and began to put that into practice. And that 30 days later, she comes back to the lawyer. The lawyer says, well, here's the page. She goes, oh, no, I'm not going to sign this. For some crazy reason, he suddenly changed. <laughs> Things are much better now. If you want love, you give love away. But you see, the problem is, if we don't feel loved, what do we start doing? Look at what I don't have. Poor me. And we focus on what we lack rather than what we have. And anytime you begin to focus on what you don't have, hear me, you will never have enough Never. That's why so many people in life go through life feeling like they haven't accomplished, they haven't done what they needed to do, they don't have everything they want. Because they haven't learned that if you want more, you give more. Well, I just want to know God better. Very simple. God says, if you come after me and seek me, you'll find me. There it is. I want more of God. God says, come here. You can have all you want. And the more you give to me, the more I'll give back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And so many people 
do not have the blessings that God wants to give to them because they're stingy and because they're negative and because they're not managing well what God has already given to them. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much you're willing to give. How much are you willing to give to God? How much are you willing to give to your marriage? How much are you willing to give to your job? How much are you willing in life to give? In sports, it's the illustration of if you uh, work out harder and be harder and practice more and give all the energy you got, you'll become a better player. But if you just think talent's enough, you'll never reach your potential. Decide how much you're willing to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't do it because you have to. Do it because you want to. That's a world of difference in everybody's mind and heart, isn't it? God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And God, notice what he says, will stingily provide. Now, he will generously provide all you need and you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Wow. Why do we lack? Because we don't believe that God is a God of abundance and that he rewards those who follow him, who manage well, who are grateful, and who take care of things. Last thing, we must see clearly. We must see correctly. Clearly, correctly. But choose a word, I don't care. Either one of them fit. Make sure you see life from God's perspective and not yours. Luke chapter 21, a little passage, few verses, tells us a great principle, a great story. Jesus was in the temple, and he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Aren't you glad today God isn't out there watching to see on your way out what you drop in the bucket? A poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. Huh. Well, funny, when I count two small coins, maybe two cents, but everybody else gave several hundred dollars, uh, how did she give more? They've just given a tiny part of what they've had, their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. You see, the principle of life is when you give it all, God gives you more. 
We have eyes to see, but don't see. We have ears to hear, but don't hear. We just don't see it correctly. When I was, first came to this church and was voted in as the pastor, I'd been here about a month, and a lady comes up to me, and she says, I just want you to know that when we voted for the new pastor, I did not vote for you. And I said, well, okay, that's good to know, I guess. She said, here's why. You have five kids. I did not think this church could afford that. She did not see God as an abundant God. She was looking through the eyes of a human, but not the eyes of faith. I look back over the years, I don't know how I made it. I mean, she was right. They didn't have money. There were weeks I didn't get a paycheck. But God and took care of my wife and I and five kids. Wow. Don't know how we did it. Well, you're getting ready to retire, Pastor. How are you planning for the future? Well, I somehow just kind of think the God who's taken care of me this far will continue to take care of me the rest of the way. He's an abundant God. I don't think I have to be too concerned about that. You see, you and I tend to look at things through physical eyes and not spiritual eyes. Now, let me say something to you. I'm your pastor. I care about you. Listen to me. If you would turn off CNN and Fox News and your computer stuff and look at your Bible, you would have a much better perspective of this world than what you get from any of them. But you see, too many times we think we serve a God who's not in control. But God is a God of abundance. God will take care of things. He's not done. As long as I do what I'm responsible to do, God can be trusted. And you and I need to see things correctly as God sees them. In Mark chapter 8, there's a story of the disciples in uh, verse 14. Disciples, they'd forgotten to bring any food, and they had only one loaf of bread in the boat with them, which they had some food. They had a loaf of bread. And they're crossing the lake. This would be the Galilee. And Jesus warned them, watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. Yeast there is sin. Beware of their sin and what's going on. And at this, they begin to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. After all, he said, yeast, where's the bread? And Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? Boy, they're a lot like us, aren't they? And he says, when I fed the 5,000, and in reality it was closer to 10 because the 5,000 was men, with five loaves of bread and how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards? And 12, they said. 
And when I fed the 4,000, some of you didn't know he did this more than once, with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. I mean, if I did that, and you got one loaf of bread, how much bread do you have? You have enough bread to feed you with leftovers. Because our God is a God of abundance. He never lacks. He always provides enough and more. But too many times, we don't receive it thankfully. Well, I worked for this. I did this. I earned this. Now, God has given you that. We don't manage it as we should. We've just become consumers. Let me use it up and let it go, or let me hold on to it, because if I ever let go of this, I won't have any more. No. And we're not generous because if I give away what I've gotten, if I give my time away and my, my love away, I, I might not have enough. And we hold on because we don't see as God sees. And you and I are to see that we serve a God of abundance. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 Paul writes, this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his abundance, his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We have all received... God's gracious blessings one after another because of his abundance. Maybe you're listening and you think, well, you know, I can't give my life away because if I give my life away, I, 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 I won't have a life. I, I, it'll be horrible. If I give my life to God, then what's going to transpire? And I don't think I can do that. And yet Jesus says, I came to give you life so you could live it to the full. And if you lose your life, if you'll give it up, you'll find it and more. And he invites you today to come to him and to give your life to him, knowing that he's going to give you more than you can ever imagine. Or maybe you're here today, you're a Christian, but you've just kind of got got trapped into this living like a lot of other people in the world and maybe you haven't been grateful for what God's given to you and maybe you haven't received what you've got and you tend to look at all the stuff you don't have rather than what you do and maybe you haven't been taking care of things like you should your relationships your job situation your resources Maybe your eyes have gotten clouded and you're beginning to look at this world the way everybody else is rather than looking at them as God sees it. This morning, we're going to take communion. We'll take your elements. You see, Jesus got together with his disciples and he said to them, uh, 
from this moment on, I want you to do things differently. I want you to stop looking back at how God brought you out of Egypt. I don't want you to go back there anymore. I want you, what's he say? As often as you do this, I want you to remember me. And I want you to remember that I'm a God of abundance. I abundantly save you. I give you more forgiveness than you can understand. I give you mercies new every day. I give you grace far beyond what you can comprehend. I give you love like no one has ever loved you. Remember me. Don't forget who I am. Don't forget what I'm giving to you. And one day I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you and boy, are we going to live high on the hog. Abundantly. Took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you eat it, remember me. Shall we eat together? Later on in the meal, he takes the cup. He said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Without it, there's no remission of sins. And I'm a forgiving God. And my blood is able to cleanse you from all sins. And every time you drink of it, remember me. Shall we drink together? Now would you just take a moment and thank him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lord, would you help us never to forget that we serve a God of abundance. You never run out. You always have more than enough. You love to give. Would you help us to live our lives with the understanding of the God that we serve? Thank you for your provision. Thank you for all you do for us. Help us to manage well what you've given and to give what you've given to us so that you can give us more to give. And thank you for helping us to be able to see the world not as lacking, but as being lived in a time when God is abundantly at work. We thank you today for the life that we have because of the abundance of our God. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. 
If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.